Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Eat, Pray, Run podcast. I'm your host, Darina Lazo Gilmore-Young. If you have listened to our podcast in the past, I'm thrilled to have you back at my table. And if you're new around here, welcome. In every episode, you can expect a thoughtful story, an engaging interview, and a little prayer. Today, we're going to hear from my friend, Rachel Wade, who is the founder of All of Us Ministry. We had an interesting conversation about the power of community and telling our stories while they are in process. And as we continue with season four, I wanna just say, join us for an adventure chasing God's glory as we eat, pray, and run. My husband, Sean, and I are hosting these conversations with athletes, artists, chefs, coaches, and authors about the intersection of food, culture, travel, running, and faith. Welcome to season four, episode six. Today, I'm going to share a reflection called how we are designed to flourish in community. Jeremiah 17, seven through eight says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. She hung in the back of the sanctuary until most of the women cleared out from the event. She waved me over and asked me if we could talk. I'm looking for someone to mentor me, she said in, with her dark eyes shining. I know you're really busy, but would you consider it? I had just finished emceeing a two-day women's gathering with the theme of discipleship. I paused at first because I didn't feel old enough to be her mentor. What wisdom did I have to offer? The more we chatted, the more I realized she really wanted someone to run alongside her in this race called life. She was a mother, a leader, a woman of color who was longing for accountability and deeper friendship. That courageous question changed the course of both of our lives. Although Yasmin and I are from different cultures and different upbringings, different personalities and have different ministries, God brought us together to sharpen each other. Our differences are our strengths. We've done some deep heart work together, sharing vulnerably, confessing our sin, praying together and encouraging each other, especially on the hardest part of the trail. And we've learned the power of presence. Although I'm 10 years older, we journey shoulder to shoulder together and we don't waste time comparing ourselves to each other. We think of ways to collaborate and spur each other on to good choices. Our friendship is marked by mutual edification. The prophet Jeremiah talks about how those who trust in the Lord are like trees planted together near the water. He paints a picture of these trees with leaves that stay green. They do not fear when the heat comes. They are not anxious when the water is low. They have confidence in God's provision. They continue to produce fruit. Friend, we are designed to flourish in community. He brings beauty from our brokenness when we share our stories and bear each other's burdens. And sometimes it's awkward and uncomfortable, and sometimes it's messy, but God meets us there. 
after almost two years of social distancing and Zoom calls, many of us were trying to figure out how to re-enter into community. And even now, today, it looks a little different than it was before. We might need to put in a little extra effort to rebuild our friendships. We might need to extend grace and meet people in their tragedies, in their raggedness and fatigue. This I know for sure. God does not want us to run through this life in isolation where the enemy can speak lies and distract us. God wants all of us to experience his abundance by flourishing together. Yasmin and I set our eyes on the finish line together. Finishing well and leading our people to God's glory is the goal. So some days we run and other days we kneel. This reflection was originally published in Take Heart, 100 Devotions to Seeing God When Life is Not Okay. This beautiful devotional released in 2020, and I highly recommend you checking it out anywhere books are sold. This is a collaborative devotional written by the storytellers at Encourage, and I have three devotionals in this book. Welcome friends. I'm so excited today. I am in the studio with my friend, Rachel Wade. She is a wife, a mom of two, a seminary student, a writer, a teacher, and she is passionate about encouraging and equipping women and men with the word of God. She believes in the power of in process, everyday story. And for this reason, she created a ministry called All of Us, which we're going to talk about today, but you know, the crux of it is where women get to recount and remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. So this girl has my heart. You guys know that that is my jam. Rachel faithfully serves at Camp Well, which is an experience for women who sit in the tension of being too much and not enough. And with her, what she calls family at mm -hmm. Epic Church in San Francisco. So I actually got to meet Rachel through the Azer Collective hosted by mm -hmm. Joe Saxton and Pastor Steph O'Brien. We were both on the leadership team out in Sacramento for the conference retreat, I'll call it, and mm -hmm. got to stay together in a house. And it's so fun to just get to see each other face to face. I think we were Instagram friends and then we got to be like yeah. in person, real. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Welcome, Rachel. So glad you're here. Hi, Darina. I am so excited to be with you. I told my husband yesterday, I said, I get to be with Darina, like not in person, like we were at Azer, but <laughs> to just see your face and connect here on the podcast is, is such a treat for me. And I'm honored to be here. Well, I'm excited for our listeners to hear your story. And I kind of read your bio, but I want you to <laughs> like, you know, pull back that curtain. Tell us a little bit about yourself where you live, maybe anything you'd like to share about your family, kind of what you do to spend your days. <laughs> well, I always have to start by saying that I'm, an, I, I'm a Texas girl. So I was born and raised in Texas and from there went to Ohio where I went to the University of Cincinnati and played soccer, which I know we'll talk about. And then uh, almost 10 years ago, my husband and I moved out to San Francisco, California for my husband's job, which is typically the reason people move to San Francisco is a tech job. <laughs> and from there, we had two kids. So I have a, a daughter who's my oldest. Her name's Maya and she's eight and in the third grade, which we just started school. And then I have my son, Caleb, who just started kindergarten and is five. So I am 
now in this new season of life where I have two kids that are in elementary school. So that's, yeah, I know. I'm like, <laughs> please, no, it's great. So that's my kids. That's my family. My husband, Justin, like I mentioned, adore him. My best friend is in tech and we just love our local church here in San Francisco. We love the people of San Francisco. We know that God's purposely placed us here. And so with that, we are we are living loved is, is what I like to say. So that's kind of our world in San Francisco. Me personally, uh, like you mentioned, I run an, a ministry called All of Us, where I help women tell their in-process stories. And it is super fun to hear women of when they're right in the middle of their story, recount God's goodness and faithfulness because it's there. And it also encourages and helps all of those that are in their life or listening through the ministry. That's pretty much me. I go to seminary too, right? Yeah, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I just got out of class. I should know that. No, but I go to Pillar Seminary where I am studying a contextual leadership master. So I love leadership, anything with leadership and how I can be a better leader and lead well mixed with the Bible, I am just falling more and more in love with the Lord through my studies. And that equipping that is happening in seminary has just been a real blessing and, and real treat. So that's pretty much the way that my days go. Otherwise, I'm fitting in, you know, a lot of mom duties and house duties and writing sermons for my local church. I mean, whatever it is, there's yeah. a lot of it. No day looks the same, Darina, is what I'll tell you. Oh, yes. That is so my life. So I understand. And I love watching you on Instagram and just the ways that you are pouring into people, connecting, and even the seminary thing. Like, I is I don't know if there's like, is there holy jealousy? I feel like I have holy jealousy. <laughs> it's like, it's with my your best interest in mind, but I'm like, oh, I want to be there. It sounds so amazing. Would you like to do some of my homework that I have to? <laughs> well, that's the reason why I'm not doing seminary right now. It is girl. my bucket list, but I know that the season I'm in right now is writing and speaking and mothering, and that's a lot to juggle. You're in it too. So <laughs> it's great. It's, it's, it's the wild, wild west. It's crazy, but I do as hard as it is and as much work it is on my plate, I don't regret when I started and I mm-hmm. definitely don't regret what I'm learning and how I'm growing and how it's actually so right on time for the ministries that I'm a part of and how I'm serving. Like I can see the thread and that thread gets me through on the toughest day when I'm like, how am I going to get this done? So yeah, I'm happy to be in seminary right now and you'll have your day. I, I know I will. And so that's why I kind of said holy jealousy because I was like, I just know this is not the season and it's a season for other things. Man. But friend, you know what? I want to ask you more about all of us because I'm celebrating oh. with you that you just had three years of ministry and I know you talked about it a little bit, but help us to understand, you know, how and why you created all of us, how you guys got started. So we just celebrated our third birthday, as you said, and, you know, sometimes it feels like forever ago, Darina, that I started it, but, and then sometimes it feels like yesterday, but every bit of it from beginning to end has been a way that God has, I believe, shaped me as a leader, as well as other people along the way. So that's been an unexpected gift for me, but all of us, I really just hold the door open for women. I mean, we have a monthly interview. I choose that woman, you know, based upon like how God speaks to me and, you know, all the things going on, all of us. But then I also give the opportunity to the people that are part of the community to raise their hand and say, Hey, I have a story to tell. And we do that through uh, twice a year of this series called recount to remember 
But, you know, often we hear about the mountaintop stories, right? I and mean, we hear about like, hey, this happened to me and like, look what God has done. And that is good. And we need those testimonies. We need those stories of, I was down in the ditch. Here's how God rescued me and saved me. But often what we're missing and where all of us comes in and is a little bit different is that we tell the in-process story. So it's like, hey, I am going through chronic pain right now. There is no sign that God is going to heal me. Maybe he is. Obviously, I'm praying and believing that he will. But here's where he's meeting me right now. And here's how what I'm learning. And here's how I'm growing. There's just something about that in-process story that is different than the mountaintop stories. And so I love holding the door open, holding space, as my friend Taylor says, and just letting women you know, say, hey, this is where I'm at. And through those everyday stories, women are encouraged, women are equipped with the word of God, and women are reminded that they're not alone. And through that, right, we build community. You know, the body at all of us is diverse, the way in which God has called us to be. And that was a deep desire of my heart. And it's something that I prayed about. And God has met me in that prayer. And the community, to me, is exactly what he would want it to look like to glorify him. The beginning stages, I fell in love with the olive tree in scripture. I mean, it was nothing more than me being curious and you know, going on this treasure hunt in the word, which I just loved and seeing how the olive tree just kept popping up. I mean, even from the beginning, you know, with Genesis and Noah in the ark and the dove going to find a little olive branch to all the way in Psalms, which Psalms 52 verses eight through nine is like really the founding verse of all of us. It says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name for it is good in the presence of the godly. And so that founding verse was like, that was it, Dorina. Like that was when I saw that verse, I'd seen the olive tree all over. But when I had heard that verse, I said to my husband and I was vacuuming one day when I said this, <laughs> I literally was vacuuming. I was like, hey, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was like, but if I can have a chance to have a, a ministry around the olive tree, I just want to call it out. Like, I, I would love to do that. And at that point, I didn't know what it was going to look like. But the way that community is in our life, when we share these little bits of our story and the way that God weaves us in community, you know, to him and back to each other all over again. I have a friend who loves puns. And I was telling her about this. I'm like, oh, the olive tree. And this is what I think I'm going to do. And she's like, wait, all olive tree. She's like, olive tree. She's like, look at your note. She's like, you have written down all of us three words. She's like, that's it. And I'm like, that's it. So like, <laughs> I love it. The name was made in community, which I think is like, so cool. Again, the foundation of, I believe any God dream that he gives us, it's truly a God dream only if it involves us, him and other people. Mm, like, amen. I think that's a great way to differentiate, you know, is this just me? And this just me trying to like hide my ego or have my own thing? Or is this truly from the Lord? And so there's these little, you know, the string all the way through Dorina where I can see like God's hand, but it involved him. It involved his word and it involved his people. So that's the name of all of us. That's how we got started. And from there, it was just a series of random decisions that I had to make and just trusted God along the way. It really is special to hear the origin story. And I knew there was something with the, all of us that just, you know, is so sweet the way that God had put it on your heart. Okay. Vacuuming. Let me tell you, yeah. that's not where I get my creative juice. <laughs> so I'm so impressed by that. <laughs> 
<laughs> just gives me time to think as I make the lines. I like want to see the lines on the carpet. That's just my thing. Oh, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I love how, you know, you got to name it there, but then your friend came alongside and like completed that so beautiful. I know that one of your high values is community and you've already been talking about this a little bit, but how does that really play out through all of us, that value for community? Well, two ways. So I'll tell you the first way that's like the, the Bible, you know, reason and how it plays out. And then I'll tell you my personal reason on how it plays out. When I think about the Bible and when I look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus, he didn't do life alone. Like when he came onto the scene, you know, he had disciples around him. And so for me, that's the biggest reason is if Jesus, I mean, Jesus, the son of God who came to save us, if he didn't go through life alone when he was here on earth, why on earth would I think that I would be okay doing this on my own, you know, and why would I want to do anything, you know, by myself? Uh, so by his example and his model, that's why all of us is, is important. And that's why it's based around the community and everyone getting involved and everyone telling their story, you know, like yes. it, without that portion of it, then what are we even doing? Right. And so that's the first reason why community matters and why all of us is based around the community. You raise your hand. What part do you want to play? What giftings do you have? Yep. You can, you know, like I want people involved as much as possible because it's not mine, it's the Lord's. And if it's the Lord's, we're doing it all together here. And so that's like the Bible reason is, is Jesus went first and he taught us that community is important. And then the second reason for me personally is my story is one of abandonment and one of being left. And so those old scripts in my life and those areas of hurt and trauma they inform how I show up as a leader mm. and how I show up in ministry. And so what that means in a healthy way is I desire for people to know that they are not alone. Mm. I desire for people to know that there is someone else out there that has maybe not the same story, but a similar one yes. and that they don't have to give up. And when they're connected to each other, and connected to God, which is another part of why we're all of us, the root system with the olive tree, the roots connected down deep into the source of the, of the water, you know, can help it flourish and withstand drought-like conditions. And so we are like the olive tree. That is the community of Christ is hmm. connect to each other, connect to the same source, you know, droughts, we're going to get our water. We're going <laughs> to not only survive, but we're going to flourish. So those are my, those are like my top two reasons for like why community is so important at all of us and why it's all about all of us. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, it resonates so much with my heart. I wrote a Bible study several years ago called mm -hmm. flourishing together and yes. that scripture passage in Jeremiah, and then it's in other places in the Psalms and throughout God's word, where it talks about those trees that are planted mm -hmm. near the water that are flourishing yes. and they can withstand the heat. And yes. I think about the visual image of people coming together. There's so much rich metaphor in God's word about that. And you guys are embodying that. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate you sharing, you know, somewhat vulnerably your own connection to that, like coming from a place of abandonment, coming mm -hmm. from a place where there's other scripts that want to take over. And yeah. it's beautiful how you are rewriting that script through your ministry and through the women that you're gathering. Thank you. Well, I'm learning this actually in one of my classes in seminary is to track that thread. And I think this is an important practice that we all can do is tracking that thread throughout our life of where 
God was present. And often you'll see that that thread is when you're in the valley, whether that's self-inflicted or other people just being in this world and the hurts of this world, you will see God's hand and how he is always on a rescue mission for us. And he's so loving and so kind in that way. And so he can redeem all of that. So that those painful, you know, places of abandonment and being left and things like that. He uses that so that I can do what I'm doing, which is create a place where people don't have to experience that. And they can see what God's intention was for community. And it was that, you know, he would, we would know that we are not abandoned and that we are so loved and so seen. And that is my hope through all of us. Well, and I love that it also comes from a place of empathy for you mm. that you've been there. And so I find that when it's something, you know, we've navigated or are navigating, talking about being in process, that yeah. it actually kindles the passion. So I mm. hear that passion in you now, but also in other spaces or, and even online that you have that passion for pouring into women, for bringing women together, for telling those stories, because you're not just sympathetic, you're empathetic. You've been yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. I'm going to pull the thread a little bit here because what we talk about on Eat, Pray, Run is the idea of chasing God's glory and experiencing mm-hmm. that through food and fitness mm-hmm. and faith. And so one of the things that we mentioned in your bio mm-hmm. is that you're actually a former athlete who played yes. soccer at the University of Cincinnati. So I'm going to have you like kind of dig back into the history. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. I know. <laughs> that was Seriously, like last yes, year, right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Last year. No, it was long ago. I want you to think about that time in your life when you're an athlete. And I can relate to this too, as an athlete and a coach, how did you learn about teamwork as an athlete? If I can pull this thread, how does it inform your work in your ministry today? Yeah. So I think it starts definitely before, you know, collegiate soccer, like those, I, that being on a team and even playing club soccer and traveling all over the country prior to college, I think helped even inform what is a team? Why does it matter? But for sure in college, I think that what I learned most is, I mean, this is really just first Corinthians 12, right? Like the parts of the body and how we are all necessary and needed to function and bring God's glory and, and to carry out his plans and to love well it's really the same way on a soccer team. Like you have all these parts of, you know, all the people on the pitch, as we call it, that have to play their part in order to win the game. And so for me, I played in the defense. I have all my, and I played that in college, but I could, I could completely shut players down in the defense and stop from, you know, from them scoring goals. But if my forwards and my midfielders are not, you know, attacking the goal and not scoring goals, we can't win the game. And so perfect example of how we have to show up fully and do the best that we can in the spots that God has called us to. But in the end, in order for us to be successful on mission, you know, whether that's playing soccer or whether that's just here on earth, we have to know that it it depends on all of us working together and being unified in that one voice. And so, yeah, that's the way that I see, you know, community and that togetherness, like play out through soccer. I've learned so many lessons, you know, about the teamwork aspect. I mean, even just how much my physical health, my mental health and my spiritual health, how all those are connected Mm. and how all of those matter. And when you abandon one, you know, the rest of you suffers. And so seeking wholeness for me 
means looking at all three of those different, you know, spiritual aspects of whom, what makes us and then figuring out, you know, how, how do I do this, God? How do I do this in a, in a good way? So as a soccer player, that was nutrition, right? So that I could feel my body that looked like lifting weights, you know, that looked like endure my, in my endurance runs, my sprints, like all of those things mattered. And then obviously being in the word, feeding myself spiritually, and then had to go to school, you know, and using my brain in a different way and, and becoming wiser in the game, but also becoming wiser as a young person. So there's so many similarities, you know, from soccer, you know, to just how we show up in the, as a body of Christ, but teamwork like community is, is really no different. Yes. Oh, I love how you articulated that. I'm actually a soccer girl too. I I'm a former soccer player and I played defense. So I love oh, <laughs> it's so fun. a fun season of life that I'm in right now. Cause two of my daughters play soccer. And so just getting to be the soccer mom on the sidelines and cheering for them yeah. and seeing what you're talking about, like that teamwork embodied and my girls are pretty new to soccer. They're not the kids who like played since they were two. They just started in the last couple of years. And, you know, we had this pandemic in the middle of it. So just trying to help them understand those different positions on the field and how important it is for us to be encouraging of our teammates, how, you know, how to lose well, how to win well, like all of that. It's the experience of playing sports that I feel like does embody what you were talking about, that wholeness that God desires for us, like mind, body, soul, spirit. Yes. I love it. I told you in the pre-work, I was like, this is great. I'm so excited. So yeah, (laughs) no one ever asked me about soccer. And I, and so I love bringing that into our conversation. Well, tell me about today. I mean, how do you keep in shape? How do you tend to your body and your physical needs? Are there any practices or do you still play soccer? Definitely do not play soccer anymore. (laughs) I had several injuries in college and I tried for a little bit afterwards and I'm like, wait a minute, I got a job, job, like a J-O-B. Like I cannot get hurt. (laughs) I cannot get hurt. I don't have time to stay out. But so now what working out looks like for me is, I mean, I'm the annoying Peloton person. I pretty much just wrapped it up. I use all the off the bike stuff. I I use the bike to cycle. We, during the pandemic, Lord help us, we got the Peloton tread. So I run now, which I love, but you know, that's a community in itself. And I really do. I really do love Peloton. And I love how that having kids in in a full life um, doesn't require for me to, to go outside if I don't need to. And there's really, I see it as like, there's really not an excuse. So I try to be as consistent as I can. That looks like five to six days a week that I'm, you know, doing something to move my body, but I'm in California. So our, our weather is, especially in San Francisco, our weather is, is great, moderate. So I love to hike and I love to get out and walk. And typically when I do one-on-ones with people, we get coffee and we walk. Like that's kind of the thing that we do here. So that's what working out and moving my body looks like for me. But I've really had to kind of, and this guy's had to work on me in this area what working out looked like in the past is not what it looks like now. And it doesn't mean that it's not sufficient. You know, it's just the changing of season and, and knowing how to best, you know, take care of my body. So sometimes that can look like resting more and taking the pressure off. So I have to kind of pull that athlete brain, like, you know, put that to the side <laughs> and have to be like, okay, Rach, you're a 30 something. You need to chill out. Like, look at your schedule now. You need, that's a complete different scenario. 
So that's what working out looks like for me. And then, you know, nutrition, I, I do my best. We eat a ton of vegetables here in my house. So, I mean, like my kids' favorite foods are vegetables, which is, I know, strange, but it's just kind of the way that we, that, that we do it. And I'm a big water drinker. So I think the combination of all of those as best as I can supports and fuels my body in a way that will allow me to, to run the race that God has for me right now. That's so important. And I love that you just gave us, you know, a little glimpse of kind of the day to day that you do. And, you know, part of what we want to do on this podcast is to be encouraging to people to find those rhythms. And like you said, there's different seasons. I mean, I'm in my forties now, and so I cannot wake up and do crazy stuff that I did to work out when I was in my twenties. Like I have to be realistic about that. Even lately I've been, um, doing some more lifting and joined the orange theory gym, which is a a local gym here too, but I know they have it all over and orange theory has really helped me also see like having that balance. Like I need the weightlifting because my body in this season of life, like the strength training is really important. Even though running is like my jam and I could go do that for hours and miles. It's not the only thing that my body needs. And so I'm learning like, okay, I've got to tend to the different different parts and even challenge myself to do new things in my (laughs) forties. It's so important. It's funny that you mentioned that because my husband and a friend, and now you're talking about it. So I'm I'm like, Oh gosh, Lord, I need to do more weightlifting. My (laughs) husband was like, Hey, are you including that into your uh, workouts? Like, you know, you know, you need to be strong as you get older. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, why are you bringing that up? But then I had a friend, a runner, actually friend say, Rachel, you know, I was getting injuries because I was not weightlifting. And so she actually joined Orange Theory and was telling me about it. And so now I feel like, oh, I feel convicted, Jarena, after <laughs> talking like, to you about it. We're like a commercial for Peloton and Orange Theory. We're not getting right? affiliate links. No, no kickbacks no, here. No kickbacks. I wish that there were, but there are not. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, Orange Theory, you can call me up. But <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> Peloton, I'm available. I mean, I love Peloton too. And I think maybe we've connected through a few Instagram posts on this, like Peloton, especially during the pandemic, when I was not wanting to go in person to a gym, it was so meaningful to have something like, okay, I could do this in my living room. I got addicted to the gospel yoga. Right. (laughs) I love Chelsea. My favorite thing with Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, the idea here, of course, is not to say you have to go to this certain gym or do this certain routine, but for people listening to, to think about what season of life are you in? Like Rachel said, do you need to rest more? Cause maybe that's yes. what it's about, or maybe strength training is important. You know, for me through the years, running has been not just like a competitive thing that I did, especially when I was younger, but in more recent years, like running has been my grief therapy and mm, it's that space Yes. Where I can grieve. I can spend time with the Lord and it's not like anything that I could do in my house. I need to be moving and that's how I'm wired. And when I'm moving, when I'm looking at God's creation, those are the times that have been the most healing on my grief journey too. I can agree with that. Being on the bike. I mean, there has been lots of tears that have flown from my eyes and even crying out sometimes in the middle of a, of a cycling session, there's just something. And I believe that's the way God made us. Just like when we're moving, you know, it allows those tears, those cleansing tears to flow. And for sure, during the pandemic, especially with all of the, the divisive, divisiveness in the church and, the, you know, the racial issues that we were faced with, that we were, you know, more visibly seen. 
it was a place for me to grieve as well. So I can completely relate. Well, one of the things you talked about too was food. And I love that your kids are vegetable mm. lovers. So I want to circle yeah. back to that. That's something that I am also passionate about. And it's kind of funny now that my girls are older too. It's like my 13 year old. She's like, mom, we got so-and-so to like try a salad today. Like she's a little vegetable evangelist. <laughs> I love it. Vegetable evangelist. That's amazing. so funny. <laughs> but I want to talk about food because I believe that food is fuel for our bodies, but I also believe that it's an experience of God's glory. And one of the things that you and I connected on, even when we were in person is like, okay, let's go experience this food. Let's experience yes. story through this food. So I'm wondering what's a go-to meal for you in your home. And then if you're going out to eat, what's the food that you're after? Oh, that's incredibly hard to answer. So <laughs> I'm going to have to say it's going to be more than one thing. First of all, my husband's a fantastic cook. So he's the one that does the most of the cooking in our house. I do a lot of like sous chefing. Is that what you call it? I don't even know. I sous yeah. chef things. But I do a lot of the, the kids' meals and the things that we do in bulk. Like I do a lot of we do a lot of roasted vegetables. I do all of that like in a couple of days so that it lasts us and I can just plop it on plates and make life easier. Yeah. But at home, so we do a lot of like roasted cauliflower, roasted broccoli. We do a ton of pasta here and there, which we love. My daughter loves like she's a carb girl as well. So we do a lot of pastas and I love that at home, but also to going out or even when we order in, I love Mediterranean. So, oh, I just love it. I love Mediterranean. I love Ethiopian. I just, the way that they eat with just all the selections and yes. pita and with your hands and there's just something about it. Yep. Yeah. There's just like <laughs> enjoyment in that. So those are some of my like favorite meals. I mean, obviously I love pizza too. I mean, and I know it's not the best for you, but I just love me a good meat pizza, Jarena. Like- <laughs> I don't want vegetables on that though. I just want meat. <laughs> so it's true story, I, right. but all cuisines. I love the joy that comes from food. And I think that that's something, you know, obviously everything in moderation and in feeding your body in the right way and feeling it the right way, but around the table, we see that often in scripture, right? I mean, there's, you know, table meals, God, Jesus was pulling up to the table and having meals with people that knew him and that didn't know him. And, just how people got close to Jesus in that way. I believe that that contributes to why when we get around tables with people, whether we know them or don't know them, the food, you know, that sustenance, that joy that we can get from the good foods and the good smells and the nice drinks, all of that set, truly sets the table for us to see one another, to have great conversation and to just be delighted. You know, so I don't, I think that there's just so much that can happen when food and people and a table mix. And yeah, I mean, I'm in a city with fantastic food. Yes. So I mean, it is, <laughs> I it is just, oh, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless for cuisines, for mom and pop shops. I mean, we really have chains here in San Francisco, which is what I love. No, no shade on chain chains. They have their place, but I love that there's oh, like, cool. you will never find this restaurant anywhere else in the world, you know, and the people that are in this restaurant making this food are from, you know, this place and they brought it here or the fusions that happen when people come together. I mean, all of it. I just, I just love so much beauty and food. Yes. Well, I have to say San Francisco is one of my favorite places to visit and mostly because of the food. We're about three <laughs> hours from you all. So I try to yes. take a trip at least once a year, if not more often to San Francisco and my kids love it. They're like, okay, mom, 
what's our food itinerary? You know, we're going to stop by Chinatown and we're going to go to the favorite Ethiopian restaurant in Berkeley. And <laughs> I already know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to have to eat together another time. Now that we're making everybody drool, who's listening, <laughs> we've covered the food aspect. So I am going to totally switch gears here, but I think they are interconnected. We also care deeply about prayer. And I, I know that prayer actually does happen at the table oftentimes, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering what role does prayer play in your life? That's a great segue into me first saying that prayer looks different for all of us. And I think that there's not one way to do prayer, <laughs> but um, I think as long as you're connecting with the father and that can be through his word, or that can be listening to his word, that can be you know, five minutes of quiet time here, devotional here, you know, like all of that is very different. But for me, what it looks like is I'm a person that prays all throughout the day. So it's not going to be a long, extensive prayer. Sometimes, sometimes it it can literally be Lord help me, which is a prayer. (laughs) And then sometimes it can be like very specific prayer and intercession for friends. Or like I have three friends right now that have women's events coming up. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it is being specific. I have right here, I have a prayer journal where I keep, you know, either ministries or events that I have coming up or friends that I'm specifically praying for so that it, I keep it top of mind yeah. and pray every single day for them. Mm-hmm. So it looks different. Sometimes they're popcorn prayers. And then sometimes it's me being quiet and still and just sitting with him. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes it looks like, no, here are the, here's what I'm praying for specific with God. So it looks different, but it's woven all throughout my day. And I think it freed me up, Darina, when I learned that prayer didn't have to be so formal and that I didn't have to have all these, you know, hard Bible words in my prayers for him to hear me. He just asked for me to come mm-hmm. and, and he accept, accepts me and loves me and you know, he is the intercessor. So I don't have to go through anybody else to pray. I can go straight to the father. And once I learned that it freed me up to pray whenever, however I wanted to. And therefore it was more when I, when he was really became a friend to me in that way, a father and a friend. Yeah. Well, and that's why I keep asking this question because I really truly believe that it's a unique experience for all of us. And sometimes in seasons of our life, we can get stuck. We can feel like, okay, well, I've got to pray this certain way. Or, you know, I've been in circles with friends who are like, well, I can't pray out loud like you do. And it's like, no, it can be a conversation. It could be something you're thinking in your head while you're running. I love how you said like the popcorn prayer, but you also gave us that tangible example of your journal and that you could, you know, write down friends that you're going to pray for on a regular basis. That's a great way for us to be reminded. And it's not so much like a box to check. It's just, these are some different ways that we can practice prayer. And at the heart right. of it is conversating with our father, who is our friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say this too, for in my leadership roles that I have, God has really blessed me with intercessors for me in my life. And that's something that I never really expected during. I mean, like, I know people would say, oh, I'm praying for you, but I have three women, and these are just gifts from God, three women that don't require anything of me, but are constantly praying for me. Like God has said, Hey, I need you to be praying for anything that Rachel, you know, that I put in her hands and they pray for me and intercede for me, Darina. And it has been so incredibly special 
And it has allowed me to see how much I need to vocalize more what I need and what's going on in my life and invite other people in so that they can go to the father on my behalf. Mm. Like I just, that was missing in my life for many, many years. Yes. And wow, it's it allowed me to see again in everything community. Like I, I have to invite people in and say, Hey, here's what's going on. And I need you. I need you to go to the father on my behalf. And so intercessors, if one of your giftings is intercessory prayer, I just want to call that out in somebody, because I think that's one of the more gifts that's kind of like not really talked about too much, but it is so vital to the kingdom and, and what you do to intercede on others' behalves is beautiful and necessary. Let's talk about that word for a minute. Cause somebody might not be familiar with what is an intercessor. So I think you've kind of given us a picture of it, but how would you describe that to somebody? Sure. So I would just say that it is you taking the, the needs of someone else and taking them to the father on their behalf. And so you are receiving and then you are going before the father. So that is just some people intuitively know, you know, what to pray over others. And then some people can, you know, receive like, Hey, Rachel told me that she's going through this and I'm going to go to the father. They just, they thrive in that space of the quiet. I'm with the father. I'm on my knees, you know, space. And so, yeah, I would say just, you're the, you're the chain link, you know, almost like you are going to the father on someone else's behalf. That to me is how I would define it. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think it, it just kind of gives people a vision for that because maybe you haven't heard that word before, but you really love yeah. to pray. You love yes. to pray for people or you have your little prayer list and that that is a vital and important part of the kingdom, the family of God. Like we need you at the table. So Absolutely. I just want to encourage people who are listening. And if that's something you want to explore a little bit more to, you know, reach out. I know there's a lot of great resources and every episode I talk about prayer and we pray. So thanks for sharing Beautiful. your experience, Rachel, with that. You know, before we close here, I want to ask, how can our listeners connect with you and support you and your ministry? Sure. Well, I would love to be connected. I love Instagram. So that's probably the place where you're going to find me and connect with me the most. You can find my personal channel, which is just at Rach Wade, or you can connect with all of us, which I would love if you are a woman. I do have some guys too. I mean, everyone's welcome if you want, but it's going to really be geared towards women of God. And so wherever you are on that faith journey, we would love to have you at all of us. So that's just Instagram. The handle is olive, like the olive tree us us underscore together so i'm sure jarena will put yes. that in her show notes <laughs> but you can connect either way and then my website and all of us website will be there too but would love to connect with you and i just want to clarify for your all of us gatherings is that that's in the bay area but then people outside could join as well is that true so it's really a virtual community. So it's okay. not to replace what you're doing locally. We believe in you being connected to a local church and body and serving and loving and living with the people in person. All of us is just, it's both and. So it's an online community that's, you know, there, we have a Patreon and there's a paid portion if you'd like to get more deeply involved, but then 
you can just be a part of our community online. So that's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and then you can listen on all podcast platforms. So you're really just receiving content and connecting with others through all of us. Nothing in person yet, Doreen. Okay, got it. Well, thanks for <laughs> clarifying. And I know we have listeners, honestly, we have listeners all over the world, oh, mostly cool. in the US, but we do have some in other countries. So you can definitely connect, check out our show notes. I will put all those links in the comments. And Rachel, I am so honored just to know you and to see the ways that you're moving in the world. I would like to ask if you would be willing to just pray over us to close, to pray over our listeners and even anything that God puts on your heart. Yes, of course. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much for this time together. God, I just thank you for Jarena and this ministry and this podcast and what you're doing through the words that are spoken. God, would you bless every listener of this podcast? God, I pray that the words that we spoke today, that they glorified you, that they uplifted you, and that they have a heart change for those that are listening. And God, I just pray abundant favor um, over this podcast and over every listener. So God, we need you. We love you. Amen. Thank you, friend. I will see Thank you on you. the gram. <laughs> see you on the gram and hopefully in person soon. Yes. Soon yes. for joining us for season four, episode six of the Eat, Pray, Run podcast. We would love to stay in touch with you more personally. And so I encourage you to hop over to my website, darinagilmore.com and sign up for our weekly glory gram. This is a personal letter that includes a devotional and a list of resources to encourage you on your journey. And I love that it's away from social media because sometimes social media gets a little bit noisy. We will be right back here next Wednesday to drop our next episode of Eat, Pray, Run. Let's chase God's glory together. Mm -hmm.